Welcome inside the press box for hour number two. Go ahead, turn it up if you want to. Mike Grace inside the Breakline Optics Studios. J.D. Byers out today working women's golf for championships for the Sunbelt Conference over in New Orleans. Meanwhile, Chris Stewart joins us from Birmingham after a big Alabama weekend, including the A-Day game, where uh, you got to do a little play-by-play this weekend, man. How fun was that? I did. We had, uh, we had some different roles. John Parker Wilson had to be away, and uh, Rashad Johnson moved up to the booth, which worked out great for him. Because yeah, it didn't yeah. have to be out in the rain down on the <laughs> sidelines. It worked out great for me because I had a great partner to my right as Eli was under the weather and uh, and I slid over one chair and, and uh, attempted to do play-by-play for what was a moving target known as, as A-Day over the course of the day. But always fun to be with Rashad Johnson. My man, hope you're doing well. Back home in Atlanta now and everything's going well. Hey, Chris, man. Great, great to be on. I'm definitely doing well. Uh, enjoying this beautiful weather here we got in Atlanta today. Well, good. I'm glad you got some now because we didn't have it this weekend. Uh, and, and look, tell me, take me, <laughs> sorry to say, take me inside the mind of Nick Saban, but I'm not sure any of us are ready for that. Uh, <laughs> but for tell me what these type games, the spring game, what he's trying to get out of that day and kind of where he was going. Uh, with the weather being being off, you know, it, it was not good. And I know you're trying to avoid injuries as best you can, but but what's his mindset for something like that with so many different uh, moving pieces, as I said? Yeah, um, you know, coach's mindset, it, it, it stays pretty much the same a lot of times, even regardless of the circumstances. I know, you know, there was rain, uh, different things. We have to move the time up. But ultimately, he's looking to see how his team and his guys are going to perform you know, in the new atmosphere that they're getting put into. Um, we talked about it, you know, during the game, during training camp. They have several times that they scrimmage. But this Saturday was the first time that fans were actually in the stands and the lights were actually brighter than what they typically are um, when you're doing it with no one in the stands. And it's kind of like another day of practice when you're scrimmaging. So it was a chance for him to evaluate the guys. You know, your coach isn't right there beside you talking to you. You know, out there on the field, once you make a mistake, you're having to go through these motions, understand the checks, you know, make the right reads, uh, you know, make the right blocks. Having to do all these things without your coaches kind of right there beside you holding your hand like they do during camp. Today's the day to evaluate, see who can grow into that player that we're trying to see in the fall. Um, And then from there, take the opportunity to, you know, see the things that we did well continue to do those and the things that we didn't do so well learn from them and build them out so he's just getting opportunity to check the temperature you know of his ball club of his team and find out you know the moving pieces that are going to have to be rearranged to make sure we have the best guys on the field you know come September despite the circumstances uh weather-wise as we're talking about and in somewhat condensed hurried up all that stuff I got the feeling that he was maybe putting a little more stock in performance in the A-Day game than he does in the past. I don't mean that that never mattered, but it it sounded like some things that he said prior to the spring game was uh, led me to believe anyway that he he was maybe looking at some stuff more so from that particular scrimmage than he has in some past years. Is that accurate at all? Yeah, I definitely think you can say that, Chris, because, I mean, you know, normally these spring games, 
especially offensively. Um, we normally have some guys that are, you know, veteran on the, on, in those positions and, and particularly those big time skill positions, whether it's receiver, um, that left tackle position at running back. But right now, you know, you look at the offense and Bryce Young is kind of the only familiar face that you really know from last year. Cameron Latu as well, made some splash plays here and there. Um, Seth McLaughlin stepped in late in the season, but, you look across the board from there, it's all, you know, pieces that are being worked in, new guys getting opportunity at tackle. We got new receivers out, whether it's a transfer from Burton, you know, or Treshawn Holden, who was a reserve last year. So he he had a lot of stock in today because this was the first opportunity to see these guys work together in a real-life game atmosphere. Um, and then from there, be able to evaluate how are we going to make the right changes to make sure we got the right guys jailed together. Um, and then when you look at that, the second team offensive line, they did a really good job of establishing the run and, and doing well, keeping the, the game balanced, you know, early on for that team. And ultimately is the reason why I thought they won. And that may be something the coach goes back and look at. Say, hey, man, we have some guys on this red offensive line that, you know, may have got surpassed by the performance of some of the guys on the white team. So it was just another day to evaluate. And I think he, you know, definitely put a lot of stock into this one because there's a lot of moving parts with, you know, the guys that we lost to the NFL draft in this last season, which were big impact players and not just impact players, but impact positions. Rashad Johnson's our guest here inside the press box, my broadcast partner on coverage of Alabama football. And, and of course, former Crimson Tide and NFL great himself. The transfer portal we know changes things dramatically mm -hmm. and there are some new guys that were wearing uniforms of Georgia, Georgia tech LSU a year ago that are wearing Alabama uniforms now. Um, and I thought seeing them was going to be huge. And, and I want your take on, on a couple of them. Let's start with Jameer Gibbs who, mm -hmm. uh, who was named MVP of the, uh, of the scrimmage on Saturday. Yeah, he was the only uh, strike of lightning that we saw that day with the storm. So I, I can see I can see why Coach probably went with the MVP now that I go back and look at it. I mean, it was an electric run. Uh, he just showed you his versatility uh, on that play and then showed you his ability to make the big plays. You know, losing Jamison William last year, who was a big-time player who could go 70, 80 yards for us. You know, we're looking at the roster. Who's going to be that guy? You know, Brian Robinson – typically wasn't that guy, but he was a great 10, 15, 20-yard runner. Um, but Jameer Gibbs just showed us there that, hey, man, I can go 75, 80 yards and, and run away from DBs as I'm doing it, um, which was tremendous to see when you got someone that electric in the backfield that you can just turn around and hand it to and not have to throw it to him or see him run around, but hand it to him and watch him work. Um, so it, it was fun to watch him. He's powerful, uh, elusive. Um, he, he was great with his feet as well. Obviously, it was limited action. He wouldn't get in the bulk of the carries like he probably would um, in a season, in a regular season game as he's warming up. But everything that I saw from him is is very promising. Um, and I think he's definitely going to be, you know, a great fit in the rotation of, you know, that deep backfield that, that we're going to have once everyone's healthy. Jermaine Burton going to be one of the first wideouts to run out there when, when the season starts? I think so. Um, and I, I think he showed you his savviness and his skill set, you know, in the spring game. Obviously, throughout the spring, there's been praises of his name. Um, and then in the game, you know, he was able to make some some nice catches as well. Uh, I think it was the first play of the game. Uh, RPO comes in on a slant, beats the the DB, crosses his face, and, and gets a great first down to, to get the chains moving for us. Um, and then I remember another catch later in the game to where it was zone, where he's supposed to be running the over route. 
he recognizes the zone, sits down in the hole, and Bryce does a great job finding him, very strong catch. So he has all those intangibles that you're looking for from a veteran receiver, a guy that's been there before, um, so you don't have to worry. Does he understand zone? Does he understand where his position is on this route? Um, it looks like he did a great job of doing that. Obviously, the opportunities just wasn't there for him to catch a ton of balls yesterday. But I definitely think, you know, he's going to be within that one-two punch of, of who runs out uh, when the season opens day one for sure. A lot of talent. Besides experience, what's Eli Ricks bringing to the secondary from LSU? Yeah, uh, you talked about it there. I think experience is big um, because it is, a, a you know, a position that, you know, we lack you know, quite a bit of that with Kool-Aid, you know, getting limited role last year, Kyrie Jackson going in as well late in the season with some injuries. So, you know, that experience is always good. Um, but obviously, you know, there's a learning curve. He was working with, you know, the red team defense. So that, that simulates he's probably with the twos right now. And I think that's just verbiage, you know, that's learning the defense, the intangibles of coaches defense. But uh, you're talking about a guy that is just physically gifted, uh, he's long in statue, you know, so he's great in the press, man, something we love to do. Um, and then he, he got the statue to be a physical tackler as well. And, you know, coach talks about three intangibles. You got to be able to play man to man, got to play the deep part of the field, um, and you got to be physical at the point. And I, I think Rick's, you know, is all three of those at a very high level. So, you know, this offseason summer work, getting a chance to dive into the playbook, learn a little bit more, get more comfortable, growing in savviness. Uh, it's going to be a real competition once the fall hits, man. I, I'm excited to watch that room. Speaking of competition, is Tyler Steen going to have a chance to be a starter on the offensive line when he gets there from Vanderbilt? If anybody watched A-Day, uh, I think he definitely <laughs> has an opportunity. Uh, no I was trying to be kind. Out there, it was just a rough day. Uh, you yeah. could tell that guys were struggling. and I mean, you know, to, to their uh, benefit that, you know, they were going against Will Anderson, who is arguably the best defensive player in college football. Um, and Dallas Turner is going to make the same noise as well this year on the opposite side. So they were going against two real freaks. So it makes for a long day when you got guys that are, are that good on the outside. But I, I think that I think those roads are wide open, you know, with Evan Neal transitioning out, who's been a guy that's been a staple for the past three years, you know, walked in as a freshman. Uh, big, humble giant, you know, that just move bodies for a living. Um, it, it's going to be tough to get a guy that, to step in and be that dynamic like he was because he, he is a special player. But I, I do think that Steen, you know, obviously has a shot. And, and Coach only goes for guys in the transfer portal who do have an opportunity for immediate impact because it's such a limited time that they're going to be here. I can't wait for you to be that guy next year, kind of like Landon Dickerson, you know, came from the transfer portal. He was the guy. You know, and looking at it again with Steen, I, I think the same thing there. He's looking for a position of need, uh, building some depth and competition. Ultimately, if you can bring more guys in to compete, you know, with those guys, it's only going to make the, the guys that's on the first team even better um, because they know you got to earn your keeps every day. Rashad Johnson was a great at Alabama, uh, captain for the Crimson Tide, as well as being someone who moved on and played uh, for many years in the NFL and uh, great to have him with us back in Tuscaloosa has for several years now as part of the Crimson Tide Sports Network crew. I, I want your thoughts on Kool-Aid McKinstry and, and where he is going into his second season for the Crimson Tide. We saw great talent from him, but also some uh, inconsistency, which is not uncommon for a freshman. But he's a guy who uh, probably needed to do some growing up in addition to learning the on-the-field part of it as well. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, we know the talent that he had coming out, top player in the state, 
um, could do it all. And I mean, when you get a nickname like Kool-Aid, I mean, you got to be able to ball. And we actually right. call you that. So um, he, 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 he's growing. You know, last year, like you said, it was an opportunity for him to get his feet wet. Um, and the cornerback, man, to me, that's probably the hardest position in football besides left tackle and quarterback. I mean, those two, those three positions are all right up there together, in my opinion, because you're on an island. You know, you're out there by yourself. You know, one small mistake uh, is a touchdown. You know, there's limited uh, room for error. Uh, in, in that position. So I think the more reps you can get, um, the more opportunities you can go out and, and actually fail a little bit, it's only going to make you better and, and build a little bit more confidence to get more things in your tool belt. And I think that's what we saw last year. You know, he got a chance to play. Um, there were some times where he was solid, but there were times where he was rocky as well or maybe some deep balls or some penalties. And I think that just allowed him to, you know, just gain some confidence and be able to, to get some stripes under his belt and then from there, going into the second year, you understand it a little bit more. You're not, you know, as antsy as you were before. You're you're leaning on your technique. You're leaning in on your experience. You're leaning in on your ability because you've went out and you've done it successfully and, and had a chance to see why you did it successfully. And now you can come back and re-implement those things. And I think that's what Kool-Aid, you know, is doing. I thought he had a great outing uh, this spring game. There was not many targets his way. Um, obviously because he was doing a great job of, of locking those guys up and being in great position. So I think, you know, he's coming into his own. He's not, you know, obviously going to be some of the guys we had in the past. He's making his own path. So I, I'm excited to see, you know, what type of player he ends up being. Is he going to be that physical guy corner or is he going to just be that lockdown guy that guys are scared to try because his ability is so good um, with his feet and his, and his ball skills. But he, he has all the ability, and I think it was for him, just building that confidence, getting those extra reps, um, and now, you know, taking that and, and running with it now that he knows that he's the guy. And, you know, there's no expectation. There's no freshman year of, a, of us expecting you to come and blow up. We just, we're, we're just ready for you to do what you do now. So excited to watch, you know, Kool-Aid grow into his own. And, and, and where he's come so far, I, I think he's in, in the right position to be exactly where he wants to be going into this season too. There are a couple of areas that I think can get skewed in a game like where their stats can get skewed in a game like this. It's quarterback and punter because they're not live. They're not getting hit. They're not, I mean, quarterbacks are getting rushed, but they're not getting hit. There's not the fear of being blindsided. So that can impact things. But punter and kickers, somewhat the same way. That being said, man, I was really encouraged watching James Burnup. He had six kicks, he averaged, um, somewhere on those those six punts around 43 yards a kick and and had half of them down to inside the 20-yard line. I thought he looked really good, looked really strong, and that position looks to be in really good shape. Yeah, um, we know what we have a kicker with, you know, Will Riker. Like you said, this punter is just equally as important. He, he doesn't necessarily put points on the board, um, but he does, what they do is they do a, a great job of keeping them off the board. Um, yeah. Whether that's backed up and having to punt the ball past the 50 to make the team have to drive in, you know, to get in field goal range or whether it's being, you know, plus 50 and pinning them deep and making them having to go 90 yards for a touchdown. You're changing the, the field position and ultimately changing the momentum of the game because um, you could be backed up and say a defense comes out, gets three, you know, three and out really quick. They're thinking, hey, man, we're going to get an easy shot at a field goal here because we're going to get it at the 50. But like we said, Burnup did a great job of adverse situations. It's raining, it's wet. Typically, you know, those guys don't have a great day when those climate is that way. 
Um, but he was doing a great job of booming it well past the 50, um, which now makes the offense have to work to get two, maybe even three first downs before they even field goal range, where if they were to get it at the 50-yard line, they only need one. So, I mean, those things change the trajectory and the momentum and the outcome of games just as much, you know, as the quarterback making the right read and throwing it to the right receiver. I know a lot of us don't think that, but, I mean, to have a weapon like Burnup is uh, is huge, and hopefully he can stay con- as consistent as he was uh, this spring. I got about a minute with you here, yeah. and I, I want to um, ask you about what these next couple of months are like before this team gets back into camp again. I know it's more than a couple of months on the calendar, but but from a player's perspective, what's the schedule like uh, until they get locked in and they get into preseason mode? Yeah, uh, man, to be honest, you know, football is a year-round thing. As much as we don't want to make it a 365-day uh, sport, it, it really is. Um, off-season is your really in-season. The only way that you're able to do the things that you do in-season is that you have a tremendous, hard-working off-season. <laughs> you know, that's something that people just don't understand about the game. This is where the Bryce Youngs are built. This is where the Will Andersons are built. These are where, you know, Rashad Johnson did his work from a walk-on to getting, you know, to be a starter. Um, this is how you close the gap. Um, and so now is the time where guys are now taking more individual time to work on the things in their game that isn't um, necessarily at the, the level that they want it to be. Um, it could be recognition on film. It could be I need to bulk my body up more. Or, hey, I need to work on my hands. Um, you're doing all these different things within this season uh, to get yourself ready for camp, ultimately to where you're back 11 on 11. But there'll be, you know, some seven on seven uh, and some different opportunities throughout the summer that, that, the, that the league allows for guys to get together and, and grow as players. But now is the time to where you're putting the work in. It isn't, hey, it's the all season, kick our feet up. I mean, these guys are actually now putting their feet to the fire um, and, and, and now, you know, going to be turning themselves and turning themselves into those ultimate beasts that we're going to see, you know, come September. Appreciate you, my man. Always great to talk to you, and uh, we will catch up very soon. Anytime. Have a great one, Chris. Appreciate Thanks. you. An absolutely outstanding recap of A-Day, courtesy so of Rashad so Johnson. He really yeah, is. He's Two, great. Two-time Alabama captain and NFL safety sideline man for the Crimson Tide Sports Network, but outstanding color analyst and just fantastic guest here inside the press box as we talk about the A-Day with Rashad Johnson. Want to talk to the guys? Hit them up at the contact page online at PressBoxRadio.com or find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at PressBoxRadio1. That's PressBoxRadio and the number one. That's how you can earn access to the PressBox. Box.